Coming to you live from Petoskey, Michigan, it's Northern Michigan's only live and local afternoon talk show, WMKT's Talk of the North. Something on your mind? Call our studio line at 866-371-1270 or connect on social media at Triple Talk WMKT on Facebook and X. Now, bringing you the latest news from the region, states, and around the country, here's your host, Nick Rudy. Good afternoon, Northern Michigan. Welcome to WMKT's Talk of the North on 1023 and 1033 FM, 1270 AM, Triple Talk, WMKT, streaming online at WMKTTheTalkStation.com. Happy Monday. We are back to another work week. I don't know about you, but man, did that weekend go by so very quickly. I'm always looking at the news, though, so and there's just always so much weird stuff going on. That might have something to do with it, at least for me. But can we first talk about this weather we're having and allegedly going to have later this week? It is actually insane. Hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold. Today, low 50s, depending on where you are. I think it only got up to the uh, the high 40s in Petoskey so far, but... Low 60s tomorrow. 60 degrees in February is insane. 30 and 3 inches of snow with 30 mile per hour winds on Wednesday. 36, partly sunny on Thursday. Still still cold, but sunshine. At least heat up your car so you don't need to preheat your car before you get out there in the morning or in the afternoon after work. And then 50 Fully sunny on Thursday, then 60s till Monday. It is potentially going to hit 70 degrees in exactly one week from today. 70 degrees. It will likely change, to be fair, that happens, but it could be nearly 70 for the first time in 2024. That would be wild. I mean, you would get out to the the ski slopes, and by the time you made it to the bottom of, of the heather at Boyne Highlands, the snow would be disappeared. You'd be like halfway down, just stuck in some mud. My gosh, a lot of sports to catch up on, though. The good, the bad, the ugly. Tiger Spring training kicked off this past weekend, and they're not stopping anytime soon. Some ugly results, but, you know, it's spring, so what do you really expect? Saturday, they lost to the Yankees 22-10. to Tied with the Rays yesterday, nine all. Uh, are they just going through a lot of pitching prospects or something? Because that's tough. Two games in, they've given up 31 runs. Their offense is good, and they scored 19, so I guess we'll look at the bright side. How about them Red Wings, though? They are red hot, beating the Blackhawks 3-2, to two. And yet another overtime game. So great. Um, Patrick Kane, Alex Abrinkit, the former Blackhawks, had themselves a night. Patrick Kane to Debrinkit to tie the game at two with four minutes left in regulation. Just snuck it in there. And then Debrinkit to Kane for a breakaway game winner in overtime, sealing the deal. Also, great play in the net by James Reimer. He made a couple of crucial saves, including a breakaway goal late in the game. 
for uh, that they had a really good opportunity. I can't remember what their good player is on the Blackhawks. The name's uh, passing me, but um, there's a, I think he might be a rookie or a second year. He was really good, had a breakaway, but Reimer completely ate him up. So that was really good. Uh, this team is putting together, just putting everything together, really. They have great defense. They have great offense. They're clutch. Goalkeeping's good so far. And it, so it's been nice to see. They moved ahead of the Lightning for the first wild card spot now. Four points behind the Maple Leafs for the third overall seed in the Atlantic Division. So that's still a possibility, too. I think they've won four or five games straight. So, you know, anything is possible at this point. They just got to keep it up. Michigan basketball lost, uh, but they played a better than expected game, or at least I think so. They fell 84 to 76 to number three Purdue. They actually outscored the Boilermakers by three in the second half. So I don't know. As far as all the losses they've suffered this season wasn't the worst. And this is, you know, in comparison to how they've been playing this whole season. I mean, they've lost to some really bad teams and mediocre teams. And having lost to the third team in the nation by around eight points, which is, you know, on average how much you lose a game to a bye, rather. Um, you know, it could be worse. So maybe a building block for next season, but we'll see. A bad loss for Michigan State, though, as they dropped their second straight team, uh, game to a poverty team, choked away a 10-point halftime lead to lose 60-57 to on a buzzer beater. I mean, good defense, I would say, but their offense was not good at all. Uh, they're now in jeopardy of missing out on an invite to the March Madness. Uh, it's gotten so ugly in East Lansing as well that folks are calling for Tom Izzo's job. I think that's a bit of an overreaction, but they play Purdue next, and if they lose... Probably would be on the outside looking in on the tournament, uh, save a Big Ten tourney win. Of course, Purdue is number three, as we've just established. The Pistons limp back into a- to action, taking on the Knicks in New York at 7.30. I would like to get to 10 wins by the end of the season. They're currently at eight. Um, also, just to you know, avoid being the worst team ever in NBA history, so... Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's It's been very sad to watch. But by comparison, at least we have a couple of good teams in Detroit. The Red Wings are above mediocre. The The Lions were doing really, really well. We'll, we'll see how the Tigers do this season. Again, like I said, I think they're probably going to end up being a wild card team would be my guess. I don't think they're going to win the division. Really like to see that. So at least they get home field advantage. But um, you know, we'll we'll take what we can get as far as building blocks because good baseball has been few and far between for the Detroit Tigers since I don't think the 2015-2016 season. So we'll see what becomes of the Motor City Bengals. What is the uh, trivia question for today, though? You might ask. Well, got that for you. The question is: What was the first product to utilize a barcode? A can of soup? a loaf of bread, a bag of apples, or a stick of gum. You can participate on the trivia poll over on X at Triple Talk WMKT, my personal X account at Nick Rudy. Who's ready for election day tomorrow? Nikki Haley got moderately stomped in the primary in South Carolina. My big question is, because we have seen this in elections past, and, you know, it's, uh, I feel like this election might be more unique than elections past in the primary specifically. This is not 2016 primary, because remember, we really didn't have a primary in 2020. Um, I feel like this is, this is going to be a little bit different. And a lot of people, and if you look at history, they've largely been correct. 
that the uh, you know Republicans and the Democrats rally behind their candidate and they vote along party lines largely. And so there's not a whole lot of bad blood left in the primary, except we maybe saw a little bit of that between Bernie and, and Hillary, but conversation for another day. The big question, though, is now... You know, you kind of got like the the ultra MAGA, you got the the MAGA-ish people that, you know, they don't really care, you know, if it's like, yeah, I'll vote for Trump, but, you know, someone else came up, you know, fine, I'll vote for that person. And then you got the people who are never Trump in the Republican Party. And I think there's a lot of folks that might be missing what could happen in November. Trump is going to win the nomination. That is a foregone conclusion. The only question, though, is are the people who are voting for Nikki Haley one, are they all Republicans. And I think by and large, I do believe they are. Democrats are just, they just will not go across party lines to vote for a moderate Republican, which Nikki Haley, I believe that's a fair assessment of what she is. And I just don't, I just do not see that if, even if her voting base, because she got about 40% of the vote, Trump got about 60%. I don't believe, you know, let's just say 38% of that was actually, you know, 95% of that is of her base uh, that voted for her in the primary is actually Republicans. I have a feeling a lot of them are not going to vote for Trump. I'm sure some of them will, but at best, I honestly, my guess would be 50-50. And so I think Trump is going to be in trouble when it comes to November because he cannot unify the Republican base. Now, maybe I could be wrong, but we'll see. Really, it comes down to who is RFK Jr. going to pull more from? Because I think there's a lot of more, a lot more disenfranchised Republican voters in the primary, but I think there are a lot of people who, in the Democrat prime, in the Democrat side, I think that are a lot more curious naturally about RFK Jr. So it will be interesting. I really do think that RFK Jr. one has an opportunity to make some noise in the general election, not necessarily win, but maybe get like 20% of the vote, 25%, which would be astronomical for a third-party candidate. And would be very nice to see, but also we just got to figure out where are these votes coming from. So I'll be that's going to be the thing that I'm most interested in this election cycle. We'll be covering all of it and looking at all the numbers as we lead up to it. But back to our trivia question for today What was the first product to utilize a barcode, a can of soup, loaf of bread, bag of apples, or stick of gum? The answer is stick of gum. June 1974, the first UPC scanner was installed at a Marsh's supermarket in Troy, Ohio. First product to have a barcode, Wrigley's Gum. Today is the 26th of February. It is time for our famous birthday. And today we are wishing Johnny Cash a happy birthday. Known as the Man in Black, Cash became one of the most influential musicians in the 20th century, inspiring artists in various genres from country to rock and roll. From the age of five, he worked in cotton fields with his family, singing with them as they worked. The Cash Farm experienced a flood, which led Cash later to write the song Five Feet High and Rising. His family's economic and personal struggles during the Great Depression gave him a lifelong sympathy for the poor and working class and inspired many of his songs. In 1944, Cash's older brother Jack, with whom he was close, was almost cut in two by an unguarded table saw. At work, he died a week later. According to Cash's autobiography, he, his mother, and Jack all had a sense of foreboding about that day. His mother urged Jack to skip work and go fishing with Johnny, but Jack insisted on working as the family needed money. Cash often spoke of the guilt he felt over the incident and spoke of looking forward to meeting his brother in heaven. 
think we call that one uh, survivor's guilt in, in modern terms. Here he is with my personal favorite of his songs. Love is a burning thing And it makes a fiery ring Bound by wild desire I fell into a ring of fire I fell into a burning ring of fire I went down Happy birthday to Johnny Cash and all of our February 26th birthdays. By the way, though, that song reminds me of something else. Did you ever listen to Rush Limbaugh? If you listen to this program, listen to this station, no doubt you did. Remember Paul Shanklin's parody of famous songs that Rush used to play in his program, the kind of conservative version of Weird Al? He had one of the, uh, he had a song that was uh, to the tune of Ring of Fire. Sounded something like this It is a ball of fire by Al Gore. The earth is a precious thing Because of man it's warming Earth's temperature has risen half a degree higher so obviously the world will soon be a ball of fire. Our whole world will be a burning ball of fire. Polar bears drown, drown. Oh, good times. Uh, my family had the uh, entire uh, CD collection. Used to listen to that at like the age of 10, which I think confused a lot of my friends at the time. Good times. We have a lot of local news headed your way after these messages. You're not going to want to go anywhere because... Progress on the new Amazon facility in Gaylord. Border Patrol took a bit of a trip to Traverse City. Find out why. And Michigan takes number one in a category. Maybe just not the one we want. Maybe. All that and more coming up after these messages. You're listening to WMKT's Talk the North on 1023 and 1033 FM, 1270 AM, Triple Talk, WMKT. Let me tell you a story about Bill. Bill was a normal guy in his 50s. He had back surgery about two years ago. Bill was in a lot of pain. He dealt with his pain by taking the Percocets his doctor prescribed for him. Bill took more and more and more of them to help with the pain until one day the prescriptions weren't enough to get rid of Bill's pain. Then one day Bill found someone to help him get rid of the pain with illegal drugs he didn't need a prescription for. Fast forward to today. Bill lost his job and his family. The only thing he does have is his drug dealer. If you know Bill's story and you don't want to end up like Bill, call the Detox and Treatment Helpline right now to get away and get treatment. 800-210-7907. That's 800-210-7907. As Americans, we celebrate all the things that make us different. So what is the thing that connects us? The thing that makes us Americans? It's simple. 
It's our shared belief that we are Americans. We the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. Do ordain and establish this constitution for the United States of America. That belief that we each can be who we are and live the life we dream, in harmony with one another, in our system written in the words of the constitution. Know your constitution. It's who you are. It's who we are. Unity. It's an American thing. From AmericanThing.org. Nobody prepares more tax returns than H&R Block of Kingsley. That's right. At the H&R Block office right here in Kingsley, Michigan, more tax returns are prepared than at any other H&R Block in the world. For the tax professionals trusted by your friends and neighbors, trust H&R Block of Kingsley. From bookkeeping and payroll to taxes and advice, H&R Block of Kingsley. Your full-service accountant. Open year-round, seven days a week. Walk-ins always welcome. Drop-off and online options available. Call 231-486-5055. Glenn Beck. You know what's really important? Did you hear about what happened in Louisville, Texas? Can we just play this real quick so you can see it? That's a male teacher showing up in a pink dress, pink high heels, and a pink hat. He was ready to ready to teach in drag. Are you supposed to wear pink in February? I mean, is that even appropriate? Shouldn't is that the right tone? As long as he wasn't as long as he wasn't wearing white shoes. The Glenn Beck program on WMKT. And now we return to your home for in-depth local news coverage. WMKT's Talk of the North with Nick Rudy, exclusively on 1023 and 1033 FM, 1270 AM WMKT, and streaming across the Wolverine State at WMKTTheTalkStation.com. Welcome back to WMKT's Talk of the North on 1023 and 1033 FM, 1270 AM, Triple Talk, WMKT, streaming online at WMKTTheTalkStation.com. You can reach out, give us a call, 866-371-1270, 866-371-1270, our email address, WMKTBusiness at gmail.com. Find us on social media, Facebook and X at Triple Talk WMKT. My personal X account at Nick Rudy. State police say a Benzonia man has been arrested after breaking into a home and threatening a person within. Last Wednesday, 67-year-old Mark Link woke up a person on a couch after breaking into a home and pointed a gun at him for, quote, messing with his brother. The victim was able to push aside the gun and knock Link to the floor and disarm him. Link was found inside the home later by police on a bed. He was drunk. He was arrested and lodged in the Benzie County Jail. The Leland Wine and Food Festival has been canceled after organizers say they did not have enough time to change locations. The event was supposed to take place at Leland Harbor as it has in years past. By the, but the uh, Harbor Commission disallowed the event. The Leland Chamber of Commerce said they will plan on holding the event next year. You're probably noticing some construction in the Gaylord area. Progress is underway for the new Amazon Distribution Center in the Gaylord Industrial Park. The foundation was laid Friday along with the outer walls. The entire building is expected to be finished by August. 
First responders responded to a one-vehicle crash on northbound I-75 in Roscommon County Sunday. They found the driver trapped inside the car. They were able to free the man who was flown to Munson and Traverse City with serious injuries. The cause of the crash remains under investigation. It is being called one of the biggest cases in history, and it happened right in our own backyard. Diesel Freak in Gaylord has been fined $750,000 for violating the Clean Air Act. The company engaged in an aftermarket scheme to disable the emissions control systems of semi-trucks. Around 70% of Diesel Freak's business was full emissions control deletions. Another story that grabbed national headlines this weekend, the U.S. Customs and Border Protection Agency announced 19 illegal immigrants were transported to the Sault Ste. Marie Border Patrol Station where they were processed and served a notice to appear after a bus they were on was pulled over Friday in Grand Traverse County. County deputies saw the unmarked bus painted black, swerving, pulled it over around 10.15 a.m. again on Friday. It was near the USPS Distribution Center. The deputy issued a traffic citation to the driver. And yes, the 19 illegals have been placed in immigration removal proceedings. After years of declining population, plummeting education, and an unstable economy, Michigan is number one in something, gambling. Michigan, Michigan now leads the nation in online gambling with $1.92 billion wagered in poker, blackjack, and other casino games. Due to the high total, we also had a higher-than-expected tax revenue as well, $354 million. Michigan is fifth in the nation in total gambling with $3.6 billion wagered. Do you know someone looking for a summer job? The Michigan Department of Natural Resources is starting to look for seasonal park rangers, summer park workers, and other positions ahead of the busy summer season. To apply for any position, visit michigan.gov slash dnrjobs. Gas prices are up four cents from a week ago, according to the latest survey from AAA. Michigan drivers are now paying an average of $3.25 a gallon for regular unleaded. The highest prices are in Lansing, Saginaw, and Ann Arbor at $3.27 a gallon. The lowest in Marquette, $3.10 a gallon. Do your kids use headphones or earbuds a lot? Important question to ask as the University of Michigan C.S. Mott Children's Hospital National Poll on Children's Health says two in three parents say their children ages 5 to 12 use them, one in six for at least two hours a day. Poll co-director Dr. Susan Wolford recommends limiting the kids' use to no more than an hour a day and monitor the headphone volume at less than 70 decibels. According to a new report by Reuters, Ford says it has stopped all shipments of the 2024 model year F-150 Lightning electric pickup trucks so it could perform a quality check for an issue it did not specify. The shipment halt began on February 9th. Not clear when shipments are expected to resume. Ford recently said it would scale back production of the Lightning as demand for EVs hasn't been as high as expected. Nearly $1 billion is up for grabs in the next multi-state lottery drawings. The Powerball jackpot has grown to an estimated $391 million. That drawing is tonight. The Mega Millions drawing up to an estimated $563 million. That drawing is tomorrow night. More of our youth are turning to prescriptions in the uncertainty after the pandemic. Not always great to hear at all. Antidepressant use among children and young adults has accelerated since the pandemic. A new study by the University of Michigan found prescriptions of antidepressants sharply grew after the COVID-19 pandemic began with the highest rise among females. 
between 12 and 25 years old, they found the rate increased 130% faster among females between 12 and 17 years old and 60% faster among females between 18 and 25. And again, do not forget tomorrow is election day. If you do have if you've not voted yet early in person or absentee, which unless you have a medical a valid medical reason, let's hope not, get out there, perform your civic duty or as some wise folks once said, no complaining later. You can find your polling location at michigan.gov slash SOS. Again, you can uh, register same day. So you can same day vote and um, register as well. Just pointing that out there in case you're like, well, I didn't register yet. Well, don't worry. They can take care of that at your polling location. That has been your look at local news. When we return, we're going to move beyond our borders as we have two very interesting stories that kind of broke over the weekend. One, a U.S. Air Force personnel, um, he lit himself on fire in protest of uh, our, basically in protest of the United States' support of Israel. And also, former Michigan chairwoman Ronna McDaniels has stepped down. McDaniel, I actually believe it is, just like the uh, Michigan basketball player. She has stepped down, or effective March 8th, I believe it is. She stepped down as the chairwoman of the Republican National Committee. There are some implications there that I think are both good and bad, mostly good. I'll tell you what those are coming up after these messages. You're listening to WMKT's Talk of the North on 1023 and 1033 FM, 1270 AM Triple Talk, WMKT. John Saucier. We're learning President Biden will visit Brownsville, Texas Thursday. It's his second trip to the southern border during his presidency. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre. He will discuss the urgent need to pass the Senate bipartisan border security agreement, the toughest and fairest set of reforms to secure the border in decades. The visit comes the same day former President Donald Trump visits the southern border in Eagle Pass, Texas. Michigan voters will head to the polls tomorrow to vote for their pick in the Republican presidential nomination contest. GOP presidential candidate, former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley says she's going to stay in this race despite a double-digit loss in the South Carolina primary. We have 21 states and territories that are getting ready to happen. Why don't we wait and see what happens? We don't have to have a crystal ball and say this is going to happen or that's going to happen. She has also dismissed rumors that she'd be open to running for the White House on a different party line or as an independent. America's listening to Fox News. Have you outgrown your health insurance plan or just not happy with what you're paying for? The number one reason we all change our health insurance is price. Are you paying too much for your health insurance? Would you like to have better coverage at a better rate or at little or no cost to you? Your life needs are always changing, but have you done anything to improve your health insurance for you and your family? Health insurance laws and coverage are always changing and getting better. It's impossible 
impossible to do all the research yourself. But now it's all done for you for free. So regardless of your age or medical condition, take a few minutes right now and find out if you can save money or even qualify for zero-cost health insurance in your state. Call now. Paid for by Cheaper Health Insurance. 800-652-1470. That's 800-652-1470. When it comes to health care for you and your family, you want excellence. The team at McLaren Northern Michigan works hard to do their best and has recently been named a top 100 hospital by Premier Inc. AI Fortune, a top 50 heart hospital by IBM Watson Health, and received a Gold Plus rating for their stroke and neurology program by the American Hospital Association. To get all the details and a complete list of services, visit mclaren.org slash northern. McLaren Northern Michigan, doing what's best. Triple Talk, WMKT weather forecast. Forecast for the rest of today, sunshine, high right around 50, mostly cloudy tonight, lows near 43. Sunshine again for Tuesday, highs could top out near 60. But then things turning around, snow showers and sleet on Wednesday, high of 24. Partly sunny skies Thursday, 31. And Friday, sun back near 46. That's your forecast on Triple Talk, WMKT. Now, back to WMKT's Talk of the North with Nick Rudy on 1023 and 1033 FM, 1270 AM, WMKT, and streaming statewide at WMKTTheTalkStation.com. Welcome back to WMKT's Talk of the North on 1023 and 1033 FM, 1270 AM, Triple Talk, WMKT, streaming online at WMKTTheTalkStation.com. Thanks for tuning in, Northern Michigan. Happy to have you along on this mostly bright Monday afternoon. 866-371-1270 is our phone number. 866-371-1270 is a great way to reach us. Anytime. You can also write us an email, wmktbusiness at gmail.com, and find us on social media at Triple Talk, WMKT, Facebook, and X. Well, the uh, trending story for today was the U.S. Air Force member Aaron Bushnell lighting himself on fire outside the Israeli embassy in Washington yesterday afternoon, doing so in protest of what he called genocide against the Palestinians. After he lit, him, lit himself on fire, he kept screaming free Palestine until he passed out. I'm assuming it was originally. He was transported to an area hospital after the fire was put out by U.S. Secret Service officers, D.C. Fire, and EMS as well. I mean, it, it makes sense um, when I watch this video, which you're free to do, although I don't exactly recommend. It does make sense, but it was strange. How Not strange. It was very interesting how quickly fire and EMS were on scene. Um, it's a good thing, right? But you you heard people shouting when he lit the cigarette lighter, and then woof, you know, you hear two seconds later, you hear fire sirens wailing in the background. With when within one minute they were on scene, although apparently too late, which does not bode well. If I accidentally, you know, lit myself on fire at the gas pump or something, then even if they were right around the corner, I I might as well have just been cooked. But um, you know, we do see this from time to time throughout history: people resorting to self harm uh, to protest and it's one of those things that's really difficult to process i think as a person i guess it's slightly different in this day and age you know kind of the um 
the moral and analysis of this because this person had live streamed it on Twitch and also this video is spreading across the internet. And so for any unfortunate soul to witness who may not actually want to watch this, and of course worse if it was a child on Twitch and a child on X or on YouTube or wherever they may have been may have been roaming the internet and stumbled across this this tragedy. Um, so that kind of makes it lean towards very bad. But as a form of protest, you know, this is in the newspaper they write about it. No one's really seen the footage other than the reporters. Okay, well, I, I don't know. Is this effective? Is this okay? That's certainly not for me to say. Where I kind of come in on this is analyzing it from an effectiveness perspective, I guess. I suppose it's effective as, you know, it's the number one trending story in the U.S. today. But did it accomplish anything? You know, is Palestine free now because the serviceman lit himself on fire? Well, no. I don't even know if I have the the answer. I guess, I mean, it is raising awareness on this alleged issue. So I guess it's effective in that you know, in that manner, but I guess really only time will tell if people take this issue to heart I, based solely on this guy's protest. I really don't know, but I think what we can really analyze, though, there does seem to be a, a kind of a breaking of dissent, even within the U.S. military. We already know the population of the U.S. is split on the Israeli and Palestinian issue. It's a very bipartisan split as well. It's not just Republicans are on Israel's side. And Democrats are on the side of the Palestinians, although sometimes that you can you can't you can't really at all brush with brush with broad strokes on that issue. But um, there it does seem to be a 60 40, you know, kind of split in that way if you wanted to look at it in that way. But because the far left and the far right are anti-Israel or free Palestine or are both, while your generic liberal and conservative all the way into the middle are pro-Israel and I mean, of course, pro-Ukraine as well. But we're seeing military personnel also speak out against the government, which is a lot less common. It really just gets to the deeper conversation of these entangling alliances that George Washington talked about. And honestly, I found this hilarious um, just contextually, not that it makes a big difference in this story, but I was actually, I had already kind of typed out my notes for this show talking about these entangling alliances in, in relation to this story. And I, ironically, I, I only listened for like five minutes as I was running an errand earlier today. Um, I was tuned into the uh, Glenn Beck program that airs from nine to noon here on WMKT. And he was talking with a, another gentleman about foreign entanglements about George Washington. It was very ironic. And I don't think he had anything. To, it wasn't talking about this, this, this guy, this former serviceman who lit himself on fire so we kind of arrived at the same place uh, through different paths, which I found interesting. It must be the uh, conversation of the day. But I do want to continue on with talking about these foreign entanglements that George Washington mentioned in his 1796 farewell address, because apparently it is. But I, I thought, and again, it is It's interesting. Glenn Beck was speaking about it. I think this is super timely. So some of the excerpts. Against the insidious wiles of foreign influence, I conjure you to believe me, fellow citizens, the jealousy of a free people ought to be constantly awake since history and experience prove that foreign influence is one of the most baneful foes of Republican government, but that jealousy to be useful must be impartial, else it become the instrument of the very influence to be avoided instead of a defense against it. Excessive partiality for one foreign nation and excessive dislike of another cause those whom they actuate to see danger only on one side, and 
serve to veil and even second the arts of influence on the other. Real patriots who may resist the intrigues of the favorite are liable to become suspect and odious while its tools and dupes usurp the applause and confidence of the people to surrender their interests. The great rule of conduct for us in regard to foreign nations is in extending our commercial relations to have with them as little political connection as possible. So far as we have already formed engagements, let them be fulfilled with perfect good faith. Here, let us stop. Europe has a set of primary interests which to us have none or a very remote relation. Hence, she must be engaged in frequent controversies, the causes of which are essentially foreign to our concerns. Hence, therefore, it must be unwise in us to implicate ourselves by artificial ties in the ordinary vicissitudes of her politics or the ordinary combinations and collisions of her friendships or enemies. It is our true policy to steer clear of permanent alliances with any portion of the foreign world. So far, I mean, as we are now at liberty to do it, for let me not be un- for let me not be understood as capable of patronizing infidelity to existing engagements. I hold the maxim, no less applicable to public than to private affairs, that honesty is always the best policy. I repeat it, therefore, let those engagements be observed in their genuine sense, but in my opinion, it is unnecessary and would be unwise to extend them. Information, you know, it's Washington warning against foreign entanglements, especially of the, uh, the European variety. We're a country made up of immigrants. Some of us more recently than others. And when we start involving ourselves in foreign affairs, someone's feelings are going to be hurt. Yes, there are right and wrong actors in foreign conflicts all of the time. And I think we should be able to say that with moral clarity. My personal moral opinion is that Ukraine and Israel are in the moral right. But people are still people, and people of Russian descent are going to be hurt if we don't side with Russia. People of Ukrainian descent are going to be hurt if we don't side with Ukraine, if we get involved. That is the part Washington was warning against. Also, getting involved with these foreign conflicts, as he aptly pointed out, leaves us vulnerable to foreign influence. Treaties entangle us with other nations whose regimes may or may not change in ways we agree with. But as Washington said, if we made a promise, we must keep it. And so if we promise a nation something, X, Y, or Z, and the regime changes into a dictatorship to continue our moral high ground, as maybe Obi-Wan Kenobi would put it, we still have to uphold our promise, be yet for potentially the wrong actor. And that is one of the reasons Washington warned against these, because you never know what a country's true intent is compared to ours. If our country took the position of Ukraine is morally in the right and Israel is morally in the right, and left it at that without sending money and without sending personnel to train militaries and sending weaponry, I have a feeling our country would not be as divided. Sure, some people would still be mad that Congress passed a resolution in support of Israel and Ukraine for what good that actually does other than waste our time doing that. But if a politician said, hey, Israel's in the right here, Ukraine's in the right, best of luck to them, and then went along their day, he walked away from the reporters, and that was the end of it. There's nothing wrong with that. And in fact, vocal support can be a net positive if done correctly. But people are feeling as if their tax dollars are going to a fight against 
their old country, against people that are, that are like them back in the old country, people that they identify with outside of the U.S. Or they feel that their tax dollars are being spent on other citizens instead of us. And I think that's why we have to put a greater emphasis on our national identity. When you come here, you're no longer of Ukrainian or Russian or Israeli or Palestinian descent. You are an American first and foremost. You can take pride in where you came from and your history and how you got here, but your loyalties lie solely within the borders of this country. How many times has the one man, George Washington, been right, warning against the two-party system, warning against foreign entanglements time and time again? Let Europe take care of its own problems. We take care of our own because that's the other thing that we have so many issues. You know, we have our own issues. That's, that's enough to keep us busy. I mentioned on the show before that if we simply took care of our our own issues, built up a surplus instead of being $30 trillion in debt. We had a little bit of money left over. Yeah, we had like $10 million left over in the bank. We sent a couple million to some other countries as an act of goodwill, humanitarian aid. Then more power to us, right? But we have crime-ridden cities, an open border, crumbling infrastructure, and no money to pay for any of it. And many other issues aside from those. We must take care of ourselves before we take care of anyone else. It's like the old airline adage goes, put on your own mask before assisting the passenger next to you. Former Michigan GOP chair Rhonda McDaniel is set to step down from her position as the chair of the Republican National Committee. That'll be on March 7th, just days after Super Tuesday on the 5th. McDaniel said that she would resign at the party's spring training meeting, sounds like a baseball game, in Houston, Texas, so as to allow our nominee to select a chair of their choosing. Kind of sounds maybe a little fishy, and maybe you're right to think that, but it's not too it's not super uncommon. I guess it depends on how you view it, good or bad. That means that Trump will be able to select the chair using his sway. Now, do I think this is good for Republicans' chances of winning or losing? I'm not entirely sure. It could be good for unification, maybe, but Trump has a bad track record of selecting people to surround himself with. I mean, I can think of a variety. Sidney Powell. Uh, what is his name, Lynn Wood or something like that, or Roger Stone, some of these buffoons. But, um, you know, and I can give more examples. People also forget, for as much as they complained about her, McDaniel was handpicked by Trump in 2016. And again, that did not exactly pan out super well as far as results or the relationship that she had with Trump and, more importantly, Trump's prospective voters and his base. And people have accused her of not being loyal to Trump and the like, but I'll say this. I like this one, I like this move for one reason above any other potential reasons. When Trump installs someone into the RNC chair, win or lose, it will be entirely on his campaign. No more complaining about GOP establishment shenanigans. If Trump loses this November, it is entirely on him. If Trump wins in November, that means the win is also a glowing show that the, mag the country wanted MAGA. And that'll kind of put any potential unrest to bed. The RNC has historically undergone change once we have a nominee, and it always has been my intention to honor that tradition, McDaniel said. 
In a statement, I remain committed to winning back the White House and electing Republicans up and down the ballot in November. And then good on her, I suppose. I have a lot of issues with her policies and such, but being willing to step down in a non-dramatic fashion is a good choice. She probably will head out to Fox News or something. Who knows? Then Republicans can win or lose without the blame game in November. Who's the uh, potential next RNC chair? I think that's kind of the question of the day. There's really only three that are being floated right now. The first one, Trump has mentioned, is uh, Michael Watley, the current chair of the North Carolina Republican Party. The third option is Laura Trump, the wife of Trump's son, Eric. Her background is uh, being the producer and host of Trump's uh, productions, Real News Update, and producer of Inside Edition, and apparently completing the duo of uh, Laura Loomer and Laura Trump as the uh, Botox-ridden individuals. I don't even know where these people go get their... I mean, they're so rich. Like, Can't you like find somewhere that's like knows what they're doing? I don't know. The, uh, the third option is grassroots organizer Scott uh, Presler. He has, uh, for years, been going around the country and registering people to vote for Republicans. Really nice guy. Uh, Watley and Pressler would be uh, my picks. I, I do hear that Trump's preferred endorsements specifically would be for Watley to serve as the, as the actual chair and the co-chair go to his niece, or not, not his niece, his daughter-in-law, Laura. So... Um, because they say that she has kind of the fundraising ties. Watley kind of has the uh, the administration knowledge after running the North Carolina Republican Party, which does make sense to an extent. So, you know, as far as pyramids would go, but I do think Scott's uh, expertise in actually connecting to voters instead of just, you know, being kind of a pomp and circumstance type individual, I think would bode quite well for leadership in the party. But Laura Trump did at said like, oh, well, We'll put him somewhere. I don't exactly know if that's something that makes anyone feel great. That's a fan of Scott Pressler because of all the work that he's done. But, um, you know, I guess we'll see. I, I'm not the biggest fan of nepotism, but if Republicans want to go in all, on, on, all in on the Trump brand, then they can live happily or sadly with the results in November. And we really don't know exactly how it's going to turn out. And if you're curious about how one becomes chair, it's a vote from the majority of the 168 RNC members present at their next gathering. That's according to party rules. So not the delegates, but the the RNC members. Something we're going to keep a close eye on, though, is if uh, a Trump appointee and especially family member does become the RNC chair. Some folks are worried that that will lead to the RNC covering some of Trump's legal fees, which would be utterly egregious. The folks Trump has endorsed say that that would not happen. Uh, thankfully, members of the RNC are, as we are speaking, are drafting rules to make sure that can never happen, even if the chair changed his or her mind and wanted to do that. ABC New reports draft resolutions have been circulated to Republican National Committee members, which, if approved, would prevent the organization from covering his legal fees and would prohibit the party from treating him as the presumptive presidential nominee until he secures the required majority of 1,215 delegates, which is likely to take several more weeks. I really don't care about the, the latter half. They can do whatever they want as a, as a party. The legal fees thing is what would bother me the most, but I mean, he's basically the nominee anyway, but I mean, it makes sense if they want to wait till he actually gets all the delegates, then, then great. But um, we all know where this train's going. The Trump train is plowing ahead to the primary win. So I think people would also be fooling themselves to think that he's actually not going to pull out the nomination. So, um, but yeah, it'll be nice to, uh, to see those rules instituted about at least the uh, covering the legal fees. And that should be every party. I mean, it's not the responsibility of a party people and the uh, party people and uh, and people who like, you know, just donate some grassroots person, you know, I'm just going to send $20 into the RNC to 
help Republicans win, and then all of a sudden it's going off to some Trump legal fee, some lawyer that pay for their third BMW. It's like, yeah, that's not exactly what I thought as a giving my money for a, a winning Republican majority in 2024. But that is what's going on in the RNC. Interesting times indeed. We are going to take a quick break when we return. More, more, more coming up after these messages. You're listening to WMKT's Talk the North on 1023 and 1033 FM, 1270 AM, Triple Talk, WMKT. You watch the news, be prepared to pay more taxes. Then if you owe back taxes or haven't filed in a few years, get ready. The IRS, the largest collection agency in the world, will be coming after you. With the power to collect taxes by any means they want to. Hey, they can freeze your bank account, your passport, even padlock your business. <laughs> Good times. Look, if the IRS claims you owe them 5000 or more in back taxes and they're coming after you, don't panic. Call my friends at Get a Tax Lawyer first. Their job is to negotiate with the IRS and save you money. They're experts at it. That's all they do. And you can trust them. In some cases, they have reduced a $50,000 tax bill to less than $1,000. If you owe the IRS $5,000 or more in back taxes, call now for a free consultation. Call 800-649-8617. 800-649-8617. 800-649-8617. That's 800-649-8617. Daisy was abandoned by her family and placed in foster care at 15 years old. Her life was full of uncertainty. She thought she'd never have a permanent place to call home. Before I was adopted, I felt like I wasn't enough. I had this hole in my heart, and I never knew what I needed to patch that hole. But when my mom asked to adopt me, that hole was closed. It feels so normal now to say that I'm a part of this family. I am surrounded by love. I feel safe. And that hole inside of me is gone. I am whole. I'm finally enough just as I am. The Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption is changing the lives of teenagers at risk of aging out of foster care. Like Daisy, every child deserves a permanent, loving home. You can help. Learn more at DaveThomasFoundation.org. Daisy was abandoned by her family and placed in foster care at 15 years old. Her life was full of uncertainty. She thought she'd never have a permanent place to call home. Before I was adopted, I felt like I wasn't enough. I had this hole in my heart, and I never knew what I needed to patch that hole. But when my mom asked to adopt me, that hole was closed. It feels so normal now to say that I'm a part of this family. I am surrounded by love. I feel safe. And that hole inside of me is gone. I am whole. I'm finally enough, just as I am. The Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption is changing the lives of teenagers at risk of aging out of foster care. Like Daisy, every child deserves a permanent, loving home. You can help. Learn more at DaveThomasFoundation.org. And now, more of WMKT's Talk of the North with Nick Rudy right now on Northern Michigan's home for news and opinion, Triple Talk, WMKT. 
Welcome back to WMKT's Talk of the North on 102.3 and 103.3 FM, 1270 AM, Triple Talk, WMKT, streaming online at WMKTTheTalkStation.com. Well, I must have opined about George Washington too much. Sorry on my part there. Uh, just loved love George too much because we're out of time for today's show. Before I go, though, I want to just clue you in a couple of things. One, if you missed any of today's show, you can head on over to our website after this ends, WMKTTheTalkStation.com. On the upper right-hand side of the webpage, the On Demand tab, click Talk of the North. You can listen right there in the browser or by clicking one of the little buttons that will take you to Apple Podcasts, YouTube Music, or Spotify. Don't forget, tomorrow is Election Day. Go out and vote on Election Day unless you already did so through absentee ballot or early in-person voting. You don't even have to vote for one of the presidential candidates if you don't want to. You can get a local-only ballot if uh, you even have a local election. Not everyone is, but we'll be breaking that down. We'll let you know what the results are on Wednesday morning and during Wednesday's show. But again, all the time that we have for today, thank you for listening. You have been listening to WMKT's Talk of the North on 102.3 and 103.3 FM, 1270 AM, Triple Talk, WMKT. Have a good night. When it comes to healthcare for you and your family, you want excellence. The team at McLaren Northern Michigan works hard to do their best and has recently been named a top 100 hospital by Premier Inc. AI Fortune, a top 50 heart hospital by IBM Watson Health, and received a Gold Plus rating for their stroke and neurology program by the American Hospital Association. To get all the details and a complete list of services, visit mclaren.org northern. McLaren Northern Michigan, doing what's best.